you think about young Jade, there's just so much to her. There's so many different school experiences. Shout out to my alternative school, high school principal, who held me down in all of those moments where I most needed it. Wink, wink, you know who you are. DC Public Schools is hiring for the 2021 2022 school year. DCPS is looking for passionate, equity minded school leaders who want to defy the expectation of what DC students can achieve. DCPS takes the student's first approach to its work and is committed to racial equity and social justice for its students. Do you have what it takes to change the path of public education? Can you deal with the youth like me? Apply today at joindcps.com slash principles and apply with the code GGDCPS, one word, to have your application expedited. That's joindcps.com slash principles and code GGDCPS. It's a new year and it's time for new possibilities. And honey, do we ever need them? Cricket Wireless can help you make the easy switch to the mobile plan that's right for you, starting at $30 a month. Smile and switch to Cricket. Activation and other fees and restrictions apply. Terms subject to change. See store for details. And it seems to me you lived your life like a candle in the wind. <laughs> Never fading in the sunset when the rain set in. And your footsteps will always fall here along England's greenest hills. Your candle burned out long before your legend ever will. <laughs> oh my gosh little elton john i mean that's what you're feeling that's how you're feeling today goodbye england rose <laughs> <laughs> praise the lord niggas yeah. praise the lord niggas welcome back to kitchen the kitchen table here at getting grown where we discuss the ghettos of adulting that's right we're the here projects to Yes, the good, the bad, the ugly, the test, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes, and the tries of being a real life adult. And the tenacity, All right. The year of our Lord, (laughs) 2021. (laughs) 2021. 2021. Yes. Welcome back, everyone. How are you doing, sis? What's happening? You know, I'm here. Um, I'm here and uh, I'm grateful to be so. I'm so excited for our kitchen table talk. <laughs> so we're actually not even going to have a trash segment. Just so you all know, we skipping right on over that. Cutting we to the chase. Right on over the shout we got out. A special guest. Special we're just guest. Get we, right to it. This is a title. There's a title card on this episode. So you already know who it is, but it don't matter. We're going to act like you haven't read it. So we got a special guest, and I I want to skip over all that. She's the shout out. She's all of that. But I'm good. I'm here. I'm working. I'm setting things up. How are you? I too am working and setting things up. I am. Yes. Um, yeah, we're 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 here. We're here. We're smack dab in the middle of March. 
We're just going to keep it pushing. <laughs> the middle of March. What the fuck? It's literally not quite the middle just yet, but almost. Might almost well halfway be. through. By the end of the week, we'll be halfway through March. Are you ready for daylight savings? We're going to lose an hour. I should go to bed right now to prepare. When does that happen? I think it's on the you know, 14th or the 15th. Things. Can I tell you? I'm I'm going to be, you know, this is a jade vulnerable moment, right? I'm going to just be vulnerable oh, with y'all real quick. One day I was on a trip. You take that as you will. Oh, Lord. And daylight savings time. Like a real trip? Or... <laughs> no, it was a mental trip. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and so, it w- yeah, it was a, it was a psilocybin trip. So mm. I'm, on this, I'm on this journey and daylight savings time hit. What's the other one, the, the 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 fall one? Are they all called daylight savings? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So daylight savings hits. And when I tell you, I about lost my mind because Tristan called me and the phone said it was an hour what, before, past, before, an hour before. And I said, well, this is not, this can't be right. He couldn't have called me in three minutes. <laughs> he oh called god. me in three he's calling me in three minutes i was losing my shit oh god don't take any psilocybin during daylight savings but anyway um yeah there's no <laughs> there's no trash this week our sis here poor kia you should see her she's battling a headache <laughs> do i look it i'm sorry I'm yeah trying. i know i know i know the feeling especially when you be holding that one eye so we're gonna get <laughs> on right to our kitchen table it's gonna be a good time Let's do it. My sister's popping right now. like. So we told y'all we weren't doing a shout out, but we kind of lied, but we kind of told the truth because our shout out is essentially a real life introduction to our kitchen table talk guest, um, scholar, activist, doctress, <laughs> doctress, uh, <laughs> professional black girl, professional she black is- girl. The one and only Dr. Yaba Blay. Um, we are going to discuss many, many things. Uh, her, her, she's an academic whose work centers on um, identity, blackness, colorism, um, white supremacy. Uh, she's, you know, been she's been contributing to a lot of the. I don't know. I don't even want to do all of that. Either way, she's recently released re-releasing her her book entitled one drop which is a deep dive into uh the concept of blackness in a really complex and comprehensive ways that kind of battle some of the smaller stereotypical limited perceptions that we have of blackness she's she defines it and operationalizes it um in ways that i think are really useful conversation starters for how we think Mm -hmm. about race and racism and what it means to be black black women in america these days it was just we just were grateful to have an awesome conversation with yaba we talked to her about who she is and how that informs her work and she shares all of these wonderful gems hope that you guys enjoy the kitchen table talk because it's going to be it's going to be great it's going to be i mean it got me all the way together (laughs) facts Facts. it did same so you all enjoy our kitchen table talk. All right, let's do it. Ooh, welcome hey back guys. to the kitchen table. 
where I am so beyond excited to introduce our guest sure. that we have this week. I'm not going to go into the whole biography because that's literally what's going to happen on every every podcast Just you listen you to her with every interview. They're going to say scholar. <laughs> so yes, no, indeed. Dr. Yaba Blay. Okay, that's all she needs Drop right the there, mic. right there. Dr. Yaba, thank you of so course, much. Thank for you for having us. me. Absolutely. Happy to be at the table. Yes, welcome. The kitchen table is, you know, where we sit down, commiserate about, you know, all things black and woman. As we figure out, you know, how the hell to be both in in this crazy world that we find ourselves yeah. navigating. Um, <laughs> we're just happy to have you here because I think you and your work represent um, the values of the community that we try to build on getting grown. It's just a space for us to kind of collectively process all of the challenges of uh, being real live adults in spaces that don't acknowledge or prioritize our lived experience or the contributions that we make in our respective places in society. And so we're excited to have you here. So if you could just introduce yourself to folks who don't know who Yapa Blay is and feel, feel free to just kind of, you know, don't, don't, don't be limited. Like, you know, if you want to tell us what's your favorite bubblegum flavor or, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. you know, when, what yeah. night of the week you do your co-wash, like feel free to just let us know right, right. Yeah. all the moving parts that represent uh, Dr. Yaba Blay. Sure. So that, that, you know, depends on the day that you catch me, <laughs> the answer to that question. So on today, yes, on today. what I'll share uh, with you is that my name is Yaba, also known as Dr. Blay. I am first-generation Ghanaian, born in America. Yaba means born on Thursday, the best day of the week, yes. the day on which most wars were started, at least the strategy and the, and the scheming and such. So I embody a lot of that okay. energy. And blay means okay. black. So oh, I, love it. I like to, I love it more. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> so good. You, you are know, literally born so to do this work. You were named for this. <laughs> It's it's, okay. it's in my name, and so sometimes I say that I am too black for my own good, <laughs> but uh, I feel like I'm black enough for the good of all of us. So, you know, I'm I'm. It's something special and interesting about having that first generation experience. You know, being in between and the best of both worlds, at least in my opinion. But I've always been on a journey to figure out who I am. I'm still on that journey. To figure out who I am, and I I know firsthand that that's not a, you know, an individual solo project. That I, I learn a lot about myself in interaction with other folks. So you know, regular black girl. For those who can't see me, I'm dark skin. <laughs> I got kinky hair. They say it's four C. It's probably sixteen F. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. Me you either. know what I'm saying? So it's it's interesting. <laughs> On the one hand, like stuff like that, you know, is beautiful. It's a scale for us. I, ultimately, I think it's it's about us, you know, learning about our uh, differentiation from the norm. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, one time I saw a visual representation of the all the hair types, <laughs> and it's no, there's a picture that has. Um, like faces and so it's like oh, 1A wow. is your white girl with straight hair juxtaposed to 4C with your dark skinned sister with kinky hair and so once I saw the imagery I was like mm. as much as we try we still we still we still like committed to dare I say white supremacy right. you should also know white supremacy 
as fuck. Why Y'all curse. Coast? Oh, Y'all for curse? sure. Very frequently. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> you know, I just had to, I had to check, you know, but for, for as, as fucked up uh-huh. as white supremacy is, it's a term that I'm committed to saying over and over Absolutely. and over again because it makes people uncomfortable. Um, and I know that you have to get uncomfortable to face, you know, some real shit. And so, like, as much as we're committed to, like, providing space for ourselves to grow and affirm, there's so many ways, right, that we're still committed to white supremacy. And that scale is one of them. So that's why when folks are like, what's your hair type? I'm like, it's my hair. It's the kind that grows out my scalp. You know? That's that's it. That's it right there. (laughs) It's mine. It just just like hers grows out of hers. Yeah. It grows out of mine. But let me yeah. not speak too much about that. Um, okay, Yaba, I want to start off by asking you a very right. important question. Tell us you are from New Orleans without telling us you are from this New gonna Orleans. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I started drinking when I was 13. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> I like liquor. I like brown liquor. I like, you know, there's no time frame for liquor. If it's the morning where I feel like having a little something, I will. If it's late at night to go to bed, you know, I will. I love seafood. I suck the heads off a of crawfish. There you go. Uh, the only way to eat. <laughs> oh, after I like, you know, I like spice. <laughs> I like a nice bounce to my music. I can't keep still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Music is my heartbeat in a lot of ways. I can't imagine a world without music. Uh, I cuss. Um, I like to identify people by their accents, you know. Um, I appreciate accents. I think that we should, you know, as much as many of us need to code switch, it's still like a stamp of who we are and how we speak. For sure. Um, yeah. Do you I watch mean, Queen Sugar? I okay. Do I watch? Queen Sugar. Oh, I have watched Queen Sugar. I'm not up to date. I just always like to ask people who are from Louisiana whether or not it's like an accurate depiction. So far, everyone says that it's pretty, you know, I mean, I get mixed reviews. Like, you know, some of it is... I'm not from uh, I'm not from Louisiana. I'm from New Orleans. Oh, period. You know, (laughs) it's the same way. You know, I've been in Philly for 20 years and it's the same way. I'm from, you know, I live in Philly, not Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Like, there are these spaces, you know, New Orleans is its own country Mm -hmm. as far as i'm concerned and so it's connected to louisiana and so when i've watched queen sugar i'm assuming that it's accurate for you know that area i guess i would call rural Mm -hmm. you know northern uh north of new orleans perhaps louisiana i don't know too much about that country life um but yeah i'm i'm sure it's not too far off i will say when Treme came out how many years ago, I watched like half of the first episode, turned it <laughs> off and never watched it again. This is not it. It's not it. So no on Treme. What part of New Orleans are you from? I am from uptown New Orleans. You know, um, What's that, 7-4? 3rd Ward. Um, but see, what had happened was um, my parents, being the Ghanaians that they are, like so many other um, you know, you people get to middle class and they believe that they have to live somewhere else as a point of demarcation. Mm. And so <laughs> my family moved to the suburbs. Wow. Uh, Where'd you go to the uh, We moved to Kenner, Louisiana, which is 
Oh, Canada. You know, by the airports and such. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Off subject, but likely connected. You know, when we talk about blackness and our lived experiences of blackness, um, again, it's just one of those things I like to sit back and watch us and how we do. And so I know a lot of folks that are real committed to blackness and liberation in theory and in words. But then when we look at how mm -hmm. we live and and what it is that we provide our children or not, that we still communicate without saying so that, you know, it's not safe to live yeah, around your people. For sure. You know what I mean? Or or it's better for you to go to a school where you can count how many people look like you. And again, no judgment, because I get it. Parenting is a hard job and no one necessarily teaches us how to do it. And so you want good for your kids. You want better for your kids. But a lot of white spaces are violent. Most. You know, whether <laughs> whether Most. whether we live in them or we're educated in them, you know, and even in that 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 delusion of safety, we don't recognize how violent it is for our children to have certain experiences. And I say that to say, you know, moving to Kenner, um, I still went to my same school uptown, but like being in a neighborhood where, I, you know, our block, our, our block, you know, um, maybe three or four black families. So, of course, we all played together. Mm -hmm. But like there's a picture of me uh, cheerleading at like the local um, you know, public recreation center, and I'm the only black girl in that picture, and I don't remember it. I'm like, did I block it out? I don't remember cheerleading, you know. So to be the only one to be able to count how many, you know, we continue to have that, you know, as we grow up, whether it's work, school, whatever. I just always point that out because I don't know that we think critically enough about it. It's almost like we teach our kids to eat mm -hmm. it because it's it's for the better good, you know, somewhere down the line, and it's like. That, that eating it has costs. No, you have to. I was talking to a homegirl of mine. Um, they moved upstate, and we live in Flatbush. Um, my husband's Trini. My daughter is she. She 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 got all the black. Correct. <laughs> she got all the black of many cultures. She Brooklyn black. Very Brooklyn black. Um, and I was asking her, you know, because we're gonna have to expand, right? You're you, we're gonna have to expand. We need some more space. We're going to have to leave the city eventually. And I said, I need to know about, uh, and my homegirl's white, but her husband's black, her child is black. So I was like, all of this is, is nice, but I need to understand what the diversity looks like in this school. I was like, because I, I will not have my child being one of one, one, one black child in the class, one of five black children in the class, I'm not putting that emotional trauma on her. Because that's, exactly that's what that's creating. And that's something that so many of us experience mm -hmm. in so many different ways. I think about it, um, you know, we talk about, you know, white supremacy as a system, as an ethos, right? And all of the many ways that it, it's, it manifests itself um, is it, that isolation and I think a product of that um, sometimes I think we think about it, it kind of leads to people thinking of blackness, black people and white people thinking of blackness in really ways that are really oversimplified. Um, we, we like sure. we don't really have conversations that capture the complexity and richness that is blackness. And I think that that's such a that's a major theme in a lot of the work that you've done um, and a lot of even <clears throat> the book that the one drop book. Um, the one that was released in 2013 and then the one that was just released, I've, I've heard you talk about you wanted to use that book to start conversations about race that capture that, that complexity 
you know, talk a little bit about what what that means for the times that we're currently navigating, right? And how important how important that is. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that today, um, particularly connected to all of the aha moments mm. that the world is having post uh Meghan mm. Markle. Because you know Oprah I was going Winfrey. there. I'm so glad uh, you went. Interview. <laughs> and you know, I try very deliberately not to be judgmental because what I recognize is that I'm privileged in that I've Mm -hmm. been trained and I have trained myself and I have studied and I have read and I continue to have a particular focus. But had I not had that and had I depended upon my K through 12 education as my only knowledge base and perhaps even college, you know, most folks, when you go to college, if, you know, Africana studies is an elective, you know, uh, uh, conversations about race is an elective. You're not required to do so in order to graduate. And so the large majority of us don't have conversations about race in general, but we absolutely don't, don't know about race. And so I always like, not always, but often think about like how people take race as a fact, Mm -hmm. right? Like it is just a matter of existence. Mm -hmm without knowing that race was created Mm -hmm. construction and it was created for a reason and that reason was to oppress Mm -hmm. and to distance whiteness from all folks who it was a consolidate is it's the ultimate jedi mantra Mm -hmm. you know to consolidate power with a group of people who were not in power you know and so Mm -hmm. the book is really about putting that out there. So on the one hand, like when I look at the introduction and and, and I wrote about a particular, you know, a history of race to some degree, not exhaustive, but just to say like, this is what whiteness was. This is how the one drop rule even came to be and why. When I look at that, it it reads simple in some ways, given all the things that I've been exposed to, but also recognizing how many people have never, ever, ever read about it, let alone considered Mm -hmm. it. Because again, we take race to be a fact, you know? Um, So for me, it's about opening up that conversation, A, you know, to open people's consciousness to know that this is something that was. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not a historian, but I'm absolutely um, thankful for history, for written histories, right? Whether they were written from a problematic perspective or Mm -hmm. not, like they, it gives us a lens and a comparison point. Um, that we can't move beyond. We can't, you know, so it's 2021, yes. But if we're going to talk about it, we got to go to the source for you to even understand the implications of it in this moment. So in the context, for example, of the Meghan Markle interview, um, I was with my mother, who's 78 years old, Ghanaian, traditional woman, and we sitting there watching it. And there's this moment where... Megan says to Oprah that um, there were questions about what her child was going to look like, the skin mm-hmm. tone, how dark, mm-hmm. not how, how light, dark. how dark her child was going to be. And you're sitting there and you're looking at a woman who is a very close proximity to whiteness and some people's untrained eyes, she might even pass for, for white, her. right? And so my, Oprah's like, what? <laughs> and my mother is also like, What? <laughs> And I looked at my mom, and again, I'm I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I'm like, mom, who was gonna colonize by sis? Right. Like, how soon we forget who the colonizers were? Like, we're all in awe of the crown and the royalty, mm-hmm. and we all watched the wedding, and it's all fairy tale and all good. But these are the people right. who colonized a large majority of our people. Like, this is embedded right. in that crown. So what? Why are we surprised? We're surprised because we don't have to think critically Mm -hmm. 
about that history. Like, this is who they are. Of course. Of course. Like, to the extent that it is that important that they say out their mouth, whatever should be right. your child's rightful place won't be. Won't be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Won't be. Right? And again, because us folk, knowing what we know, Megan's mother let us know who she is and what's possible. Mm-hmm. For her child. So, yes, she might sit before you looking a particular way, but you know that our stuff look like how it looked when it feels exactly. like it. So, that baby... <laughs> Shows up when it wants to. <laughs> that, baby, that baby could have very well came black out me. looking... Yeah, just like You me. know, and blacker than, blacker than his mother, and they couldn't have that. But the thing is, you know, for all the critical conversations we can have about it, at the end of the day, top of the morning, I am proud of Harry. Me too. For leaving. Me too. Like, that's not no lightweight nothing. And most of us in that position, right, would we have had the the strength, the fortitude, the know-how even, to even consider that a possibility? Like, he talked about his brother and his father being stuck, yeah. being captive to that system. Yeah. And so have so many people before him. And Harry's like, no, nah, y'all not going to get me. Mm-hmm. Y'all not going to do to my wife what you did to my mother. I'm out. Like, that's huge. Very. You know, so Harry, Harry's all right. All right by me. Harry's all right, but I, 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 I have a very problematic, I call it a, well, by one of my favorite drag queens, something controversial <laughs> yet brave to say. So <laughs> uh, I didn't believe white people to have ancestors. That's not, that's not, okay. that's my own, I know, and I know that's okay. not factual. <laughs> um, Harry made me believe that white people have ancestors. Now I say, your mother is there with you. She's looking after you. She's well, making she's sure you're pushing you. Good. Harry's like, I'm not about that life, y'all. I, I'm. That's how I'm honoring my mother. You will not get me, and you won't get my wife. I love. I love that. I, I feel like it, it's, it's an awesome example of the kind of radical change that is necessary, right? Because Harry was real. A lot. A lot of white people say that they're committed to inclusion and justice and all that, but they are not willing to take an L. Right. They don't want to be inconvenient. Yeah, they don't want to be uncomfortable. It's like, I believe that everybody should get, you know, I'm all for equity, but I don't want to have to lose anything. But the fact that Harry was willing to leave some things on the table for what he believed in, I think it's an awesome demonstration of the kind of change and transformation that we absolutely need. Because um, all this other stuff is just, you know, smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I want to give him more credit. I might be projecting more onto him, but it sounded like and felt like it was more so than even like a willingness. Like Harry understood that he didn't have it. Was a compel, it was a compel. Like to me that, 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 the, that, that says something to me about who he is. Yes. And for so many of us, we leave our integrity at the door for money, mm-hmm. <laughs> for fame, mm-hmm. you know, for exposure, for whatever it is. You know, whatever it is, like our integrity doesn't even come to the table, you know? So that's why I'm like, you are right with me because again, that's, that's, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. I didn't watch the interview yet. Oh girl, you're late. <gasps> I don't care about spoilers. I'm not a spoiler I ass. I wish you would have said I'm not something. One of them. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I'm like, what? what <laughs> no girl, I, I've, y'all, I've oh, read all the spoilers I'm like, on the internet. What did you do with your day? What did you do with your day Because I didn't watch it last night, but I had multiple <laughs> links. I tweeted last night that I didn't watch it and woke up to multiple links in my DMs like, girl, get into it. What you waiting on? Uh, hello. hello. <laughs> I, I kept saying I was going to go. I'm going go to go to it. Don't worry. But I'm gonna go watch it. I have been I've been a little interested in it though because initially when all this when everything broke out I didn't watch the mm. royal wedding 
I wasn't interested. And I think there might be something in my own psychosis, maybe there. I don't know if it's a, I'm not going to call it a self-hate. It's not a self-hate. But I, I get real leery when I see a lot of my fellows around because I'm like, what are you getting ready to be up here acting like? I don't know what you about to be yeah. up here doing. And so I wasn't that interested initially in the whole story. And as it continued to develop and I realized that the same narrative they put on many, many black women, no matter what position, job, wherever you are, I said, OK, I'm, I'm intrigued a little bit because I'd like to know what's going on. Then I saw her mother and I said, well, now I'm really intrigued. Right. But this is what, this is what makes it such a, ma- like, it's such a powerful example because, again, why it was so important to me to also make this a visual yeah. book with portraiture yes. is because there is, we cannot take for granted the images that come into our individual minds when someone says mm-hmm. black, when someone says mixed race, when someone says white. Like, we need to see mm-hmm all the possibilities for that, for those words. So I don't know in terms of hearing out of her mouth how Megan herself identifies. I don't know the language if she uses mixed or biracial. I don't I don't know. I haven't heard that. I also haven't really kept up, right? So I don't know. But I know that there are a lot of moments where folks are allowed to forget mm-hmm. that her mom mm-hmm. was black, mm-hmm. you know, just by looking at her. You're allowed to forget. And so for her to spill the tea and let us know how the people was acting reminds us that race is so much more than what you look like. Oh my God. Like the commitment and the investments, right? And whatever it is you believe whiteness is. Whiteness was historically defined as pure. We don't care what you look like, Rachel. We've seen your mama. Mm -hmm. You're not pure. You're not white. You can wear the crown, but you don't have access to this. And we're going to remind you every chance that we get. So when you talk about somebody being a racist or someone being a quote unquote victim of racism and your your mind goes to someone who looks like mm-hmm. me, you're missing out on so many other folks who are also experiencing racism. This is why everybody today is like trying to wrap their mind around it. And I'm like, welcome. Yes, welcome. welcome. Come sit with us. We've been here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come sit. <laughs> this is what we talk okay, about. Okay, so this Ooh. is a weird segue, but I but stay with me. Do you watch Basketball Wives? Okay. I have watched Basketball Wives, but it's not something I keep. Are up you with. aware of like what is going on? So I don't. What's going on currently in this season? They are having some. They're dealing with some conversation around colorism. One of the cast members, hmm. uh, who is I believe I think she's Ghanaian American. I think. Um, hmm. she is accusing another castmate, Evelyn Lozada, of uh, being hmm. colorist based upon some things that Evelyn has said um, on social media and in person. And uh, I, I believe I was actually saying I, I had a, I was talking to a friend over the weekend um, after watching the latest episode of the of the show on demand, and I said out of my mouth, like not even. Um, you know, having just listened to your interview with uh, Brene Brown, I was like, somebody need to send the whole cast of Basketball uh, Wives one drop. Like, and I really just need somebody to go and educate <laughs> the entire cast because I think what's happening is just like a, it's a missed opportunity. Because we, again, yeah. I think what's happening is um, we we limit our, our conversations of colorism to our personal experiences, our personal prejudices, the things that we know, the things that we see. And Evelyn says, I'm not colorist because I have black children. 
It's like that doesn't excuse you, you or or that does not mean that you cannot embody colorism. I'm not you racist because yes, I have black exactly, friends. Exactly, exactly. But and she's all crying and she's immediately the victim. And I don't think that the 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 other young lady, OG, she's not entirely wrong. But I do feel like there's a she could have just better articulated what what she the actual offense, right? So I was just curious because I think I think we get we think about these things like colorism in very black and white, yes and no kind of ways. And we don't think about how um, these, these sort of things are literally like we're, they're steeped in all of our, our images in the media. Um, and yeah. a lot of people, I, I think that there's just, we don't, we don't have the conversation around colorism that needs to be had, especially as women of the diaspora. Right. And we don't, and, you can't, you can't have conversations around colorism if you don't have conversations about white supremacy. Well, well, yes. Like you can't have those, you can't understand colorism devoid of white supremacy. And so you're right. When we talk about colorism, it's always personal. Mm -hmm. It's always about personal infractions and who likes right. who, who prefers mm -hmm. who. Um, and it, it's not contextualized. And so the thing that's annoying to me about the, even amongst and between us is that we act like we're not supposed to be colorists. Mm, like we weren't trained to be colorist. Mm, mm. Socialized to be col colorist. We were all trained to be Like if we want to talk about what's normal, given what white supremacy is, it's quite radical to not mm -hmm. be colorist. Like it's set up for us to be colorist. And so again, you know, trying not to be judgmental or have too many expectations of the average person, like clearly, Evelyn, you yeah. know, I know who you mean by Evelyn, um, you know, recognize the position of privilege that you're in because of colorism. Yes. And, and, and I think that that's where the missed opportunity is. Like, we don't really see how these, these things, uh, like, you know, just all the anti-blackness, anti-blackness that exists. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and in the ways in which race is politicized, especially within mm -hmm. groups. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, black Latinas, white Latinas, all of that. There's such a rich history there. <laughs> and I don't think that we, sure. we deal with that appropriately. I was just curious because sure. sure. I really want somebody. Yeah. I was like, can someone please, can we Skype somebody in to just do a lesson? The girls are missing it. <laughs> it's just, it's just going that's a over whole, their head. That's a whole course in independent study. <sighs> what would be more interesting to me is while we talking to the wise, let's pull the players in because you chose these wives. Amen. So it starts with you. Because <laughs> somehow these sisters are believing that they have elevated yes. and risen to a particular position because you chose yes. them. You're not wrong when you're right. And if they all if they if they all look very similarly, <laughs> right, there can be some assumptions about the value of that particular look as opposed to basketball player this is your pathology right because what what does this person do for you mm. visually represent right what does it mean what do they represent to have her on your arm isn't that it's like it's like buying the new pair of jordans how do i communicate to you you know when i think about us folk connected off topic but connected you know when <laughs> when you think about when people get rich mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right or they get some money 
the Negroes of us are going to get the Gucci shirt that says G-U-C-C-I on your yes. chest. So everybody knows that it's Gucci. Whereas perhaps the rich white person might get the Gucci in the mm -hmm. label and it looked like a regular black turtleneck, mm -hmm. right? So basketball player, <laughs> just like those new, the, the, the new pair of Jordans communicates your access. Mm-hmm. What does this light skin sister? And it's it's we've gone beyond light skin. We've gone now into quote unquote exotic. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. Because there's like a it's prototype. Like a, yeah. Yes. Yes. Racially yes. ambiguous. You know, we we <laughs> you can't really we've say. gone beyond that. Yeah. You know, you could be from a whole lot of mm -hmm. places, kind of vibe, and so and you could look like the bottom of my shoe, but if you get her. And so, therefore, again, you believe that you are also of some value without recognizing that it's the money. And again, it's not to say these people aren't in love. I'm sure they are. But that money can't be taken out of the equation either. Oh, it's going to make it look good. It's going to make it look good. It's going to look better, smell better, you know? Okay, Thank walk you. better. Yes. <laughs> and I will not continue that. But y'all already know where it's going. That's yeah. just what it does. So, Yaba, since the book's been released, it's been 10 years since one drop Almost. Released. 10 years since I started um, the project. Uh, 10 years Seven, since you started eight the project. years since the book was released. You released it independently first, right? And you did a re-release. Mm -hmm. Yes, I self-published. Mm -hmm. what, what's changed since then? Tell what What's changed since the first... Um, you know, I think what's changed is uh, a particular heightened racial consciousness across the board mm -hmm. about the inequities and, and the oppression that, you know, we, we experience as black people. Um, and I say black people very intentionally. I'm not talking about people of color. I'm, I'm focused on black people in this moment, right? Whatever people of color, whoever people of color are. That's another conversation. But I think Black Lives Matter, you know, hashtag movement. Uh, consciousness has happened. Rachel Dolezal oh. has happened. Um, <laughs> we just don't call her. <laughs> what do you think about Enkechi Diallo? Tell what I'm. I'm very curious about that. Please mm. tell what you think about. Enkechi. There you go. I was hoping that you would say that. Okay. All right. Please All continue. right. Keep going. I don't. She's she's gotten way too much attention. I don't. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just think that folks are. Um, there's more of a public public conversation around not only race but also colorism uh social media has grown exponentially since then so i know there are a lot of twitter experts oh. a lot of social media um professors <laughs> and um mm -hmm. lots of gatekeeping around mm -hmm. race also um and again i try not to create distinctions between generations. You know, I, I remember how that felt when older people would do that and I was younger. I try not to do that, but I can't help but to notice perhaps that there is something different about a racial consciousness or racial conversations. Um, millennials always get a bad rap, but that's the only generation reference point I have, right? Um, so, and I think specifically about students that I've taught. I think specifically about my daughter who's 26 um, I think about my niece who's the same age and like their response to people like, well, she's not black. And so having a conversation like, well, why is she not black? Well, I mean, she's not. Okay, why? You know, like we can't go beyond the visceral reaction to what a person looks like, right? And that they have very, dare I say, narrow and limited ideas of what blackness is and what blackness looks like. 
and the frustration that comes so easily when I try to push them to like give me more than like just how you feel. And it, again, it's just reflective of how much they haven't been taught or how much they've, they've had to even think about race. You know what I mean? So it does boil down to what they look like. So my generation, older generations, historical understandings of race because of the one drop rule, many of us accept it. So for many black people, you have a black parent, you're black. You can call yourself mixed by racial cabination. The community receives you as mm -hmm. black historically. Mm -hmm. In this moment, I don't see that with a particular generation. Like they have been, dare I say, trained to accept mixed and biracial as separate categories, um, distinct from blackness, you know. And in their attempt to be self-loving and self-affirming, they have created very, you know, the gates are very mm -hmm. much more, you know, police. Mm -hmm. They're not letting everybody mm -hmm. in. And so, I, you know, for me, as an educator, a critical thinker, I'm just trying to push us to think about that. Actually, that's cool. That's fine, right? Things evolve. We have to, you know, rethink lots of things. I'm not saying that we should be married to history at all. Howsoever, what is the function of these changes that we're making? Okay, we want to close the gates. We want to make mixed biracial separate categories. We want to be clear about blackness. What purpose does it serve us? in the context of white supremacy. Because right. again, folks don't want to address white supremacy, but race was created within white supremacy. White folks were very clear about what they right. were doing. And because it wasn't and because it wasn't our game, right? Because we weren't we weren't players at the table, we just took it for what it was. But now since we, you know, believe that we have more power, that we have the power and the ability to define ourselves for ourselves, what is the purpose and the function of so doing? Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, but... <laughs> I was I was listening to all the interviews earlier and I came back and I said I can't wait till she gives me more <laughs> talk your shit <laughs> but you know what I mean like we we, we you know yeah black people 13% of the population in this country mm -hmm. and if you only stay in this country you believe that you are a minority mm -hmm. So, okay, let's stay there. We're minorities with 13% of this population, and but we are policing the gates even harder. And again, no judgment, and I could be completely misinformed, but what it feels like is like a defense mechanism. What it feels like is very reactionary. You don't like me, I don't like you, right? Or, you know, blackness is the shit right now. Everybody trying to get a little flavor, so you can't have none. You can't have none. You're not black like us. So you go back over there. And again, I understand where it comes from on a very like visceral and emotional space. But like on the real, real, real talk in the context of white supremacy, in the context of the world that we live in in this moment, how does it serve us to close the gates? And I'm not saying that it doesn't. I'm just asking the question. How does it serve us to close the gates? And it might. We just need to be able to articulate yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. When you say close the mm -hmm. gates, can you give us a little more, a little well, to more close to the that? Gates being that you can look at somebody and say she's not yeah. black, to look at Meghan Markle and say she's not black, to look at somebody who has a particular phenotype and question, you know, or assume that they don't have black people right there. You know, how many of us would believe that uh, Meghan Markle's mother looks as she does, given how mm -hmm. she looks? Oh, no, that's why I got interested. I said, well, I was not expecting this. <laughs> I was just... Recognizably, just... unquestionably black, right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. Not her grandmother, not her Her great-grandmother, her mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Which that's another conversation with a black mother represents something a little different. Right? And so closing the gate just means that we have particularly limited ideations of blackness, which again, might be fine. I'm just trying to understand how we got here and what function it serves. Because again, you know, it's always both and, right? No clear, clear answers necessarily, but like the one job rule is highly problematic. It's highly white supremacist. Yeah, it is. So I'm not mad at us for rejecting it. But again, as we do so, what, how are we then going to how define we, blackness and how yeah. is that definition going to serve us? How are us? we operationalizing it? Because that makes me think of Correct. like, um, well, to me, that begs the question of does one get to identify themselves or is it up to a group of people or are there some other sort of larger markers or indicators or definitions that right. gets to define that, um, right. you know, for you? Is it based upon how you right. look or is it based upon how you grew up, where you grew up? What kinds right. of environments right. you find I, yourself in? And I feel like I'm just always going to be the Henri auntie who <laughs> reminds you of what it is. Like, you know, as much as we want to feel like we are power, you know, we're empowered to, to define ourselves for ourselves. As much as we feel like, you know, black people, we have the right, you know, and the capacity to define blackness. I'm always going to be the Henri auntie to be like, that's not how mm-hmm. shit works. Boo. I know how you feel. I know you want to. But like, we cannot. This is why we are still here. This is why all conversations around diversity and inclusion get on my nerves because y'all want to act like history is not a thing. And it's not just that it was history. It's not, please, it's not just that it was. (laughs) It's not just that it was. It's that it continues to be the fabric of our country, of our society, of the world. It continues to impact us so much so that it's so insidious that you can't even recognize right. it and that you can believe in this. Remember when Torre had the book about post-blackness? Wow. <laughs> How you fix your mouth to say post-blackness? Torre hates okay. me. So I'm pretty I don't sure. Know. Look, I'm look, what's well, going I'm on. Look, we, we're not going to wake it up. We're not going to wake it up. We're not going to get him. No. We're not going to get him in your comments. But I'm just saying post-racial, post-black, post, 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 post. Just because it's after don't mean it's post. We're not beyond it. That's really what is missing for a lot of people. And I mean, it's it's also, it's it's tough because for me, I'm and this is really hard considering the work that I do. I often feel like this is not my problem to solve. It's not my responsibility. It's not my burden to carry in terms of teaching. Um, what's that? What's the it? What's in terms yours? of like, you know, um, white, white people showing white people all of the all of their privilege teaching them all all of the ways in which they have uh benefited from white supremacy um and and we've been Mm -hmm. marginalized and disenfranchised and dehumanized by Mm -hmm. it um especially when you find yourself in these spaces because i mean i exist in and it's on trend now everyone's done read ibram's book we're all anti-racist so to speak and we are all developing these new vocabularies and words. And all of a sudden, like you said, people are having these aha moments. Um, and I mean, you know, I'm saying things like I had no idea. I mean, which, which you said that to me, like, like I remember one time I was, I did a, I had to observe, right. Because, you know, I'm the, the researcher and the, 
in, in the particular group that I'm working in. So a lot of time I had to do a lot of assessment and evaluation. So I have to observe a lot of things. And one time I observed um, an anti, uh, anti-racism training for a group of faculty. Um, and they did a privilege walk exercise um, where it was like, you know, so, so like you have to answer you have to answer all of these questions right and, and you get scored like if, if you always have had this experience mm-hmm. it's five points if if you've sometimes had this experience it's three and if you've never had this experience it's one and so the, the point is like the more privilege you have the more points you get and then you have to like line up in order according to the amount of privileges you have so naturally all the white people end up on one side of the room and the one or two black people (laughs) end up on the other and this is kind of like the continuum of privilege and then you see that there's white women in there crying talking about I had no idea that the world was set up like this and I'm like you had no idea that all of my 38 years of life have been this way you've been completely blind to it it's never crossed your mind it's not it's not been something they don't have to to. that's 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 the ultimate you know as you're speaking it's the ultimate marker of privilege that how you come to understand yourself you get to do so through an exercise Mm. how i come to under myself i get to do through watching my people be assassinated time and time again we are not the same and so when you say it's not your work sis don't do it then Mm. It's not everybody's work. We're not all built. Don't force yourself into doing work that doesn't feed your spirit in some way. If it's constantly draining from you, it's not your work. And we don't need you on the front lines doing it. Do do give us what is the best mm-hmm. of you. That's what we need you to do. We don't need you to be drained and sucked dry by work that doesn't serve you. But and who else going to save them? True. It's unfortunate. It's the worst ever. Right. That we should have to both be, you know, as I say, like target and shield that we're on the receiving end, but then also have to like protect them from themselves and show them themselves. But like if you don't hear it from my mouth, this is why I get annoyed with white anti-racists leading the way. This is why I get annoyed by the money that white folks make doing Hmm. anti-racist. I mean, checks, heavy checks. Right. Because. You make your people feel comfortable. Yes, we need you to do your part, but we also need you to fall back because you can't speak for me. We need somebody out there speaking on lived experience. And again, if we understand the diversity of blackness, keep it all the way real. I'm not. I haven't had every black (laughs) experience. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not about to enter a room and start acting like I grew up, you know, in in public housing Mm -hmm. or my mama. You know what I mean? Like all of the worst ways that people think about oppression and blackness in this country. You know what I mean? And at the same time, still. If they don't hear it from us, it's true. And they still won't. They still won't. Right. But they have to. They can. We cannot. Leaving them to their own it's devices dangerous. is why yeah, we're yeah. here. So I, 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 I'm not saying I, I say it's not, I feel that I just feel the exhaustion of it, right? Because it is, it is. Of course, there's the fatigue that comes with having to do it. I still recognize the responsibility Absolutely. of it, and so um, release yourself. True, from that. free yourself of disabuse yourself. Of so that. how do you how do you keep yourself safe in doing this work? What are some of the things that? that you have? <laughs> well, oh. <laughs> but um, are there ways? Are there ways? I, I, do I just need to like um, gird up my? Do I have to kind of get my war clothes on? Because if you need like, a hitter, do I just need, need to like just you know find my gangster? You, how do you keep yourself? Um, find my gangster. It has taken. 
It is it is taking a very long time. It is a continual process. I don't have the answers. I can tell you what had happened to mm-hmm. me and how I don't ever want to go there again. Um, I think the most <clears throat> the turning point or where I am now with it is like the shit is real. It is what it is. It's work that needs to be done. All I can do is give to it what I can, but y'all can't have everything. Yeah. So I will clock out. Mm-hmm. I will absolutely be committed to finding spaces and places of joy. Yeah. This is why, you know, my work was a little shift because I'm like, we're about to celebrate. Yeah. All of this stuff is not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere in my lifetime. I will continue to be critical of it. I'll continue to talk about it. But also, we're still here. Yeah. We're still here. Like, who's the real MVP? Y'all did all mm-hmm. this. Y'all still doing all of this. And we're still here. We're still here. Like that has to be celebrated and we can't lose sight of that. And so like, I feel like part of my job is to do the both. Yeah. I'm going to be critical and I'm going to love black people with all of my black mind. And if though, and if folks, this is the other thing getting real clear. Everybody can't come. Harriet Tubman is my patron saint. <laughs> Everybody can't she come. She left who needed to be left Everybody behind. Everybody, Everybody can't come. And I had to be okay mm-hmm. with that. Like young Yaba, new graduate student um, in black studies, blackly black spaces. I was out to save every black person. I was going to be, I give thanks they didn't have Twitter then. Okay. <laughs> because I would have been the person on the Twitters fighting everybody. Yeah. All right. About uh. what's black and what we need to be doing and, you know, liberation and blah, blah, blue. It's so exhausting. And it's more exhausting. Like, I know how to fight white people. Mm. I don't know how to fight yeah. us. I don't want to fight us. Yeah. And that shit is very, very, very draining and hurtful. And so, you know, calling on mother. It's when everybody was shocked by all the black Trump supporters <laughs> and all the black this and Calling, call, look, calling on Mother Harriet. <laughs> Give me the strength yeah. to leave these niggas behind. This is true. And possibly shoot them. Because <laughs> some of y'all got. But see, and again, that's a whole other conversation. But I really want to have a, a very, a better understanding of Mama Harriet because I don't know if that's what we want her to be or that's who we want her mm. to be, um, or if we need to also be very clear. She wasn't randomly shooting us. She was shooting us if you yeah. got in her yeah. way. Absolutely. Right? If you were jeopardizing. So if you want to stay here, feel, do you. But you will not get in my way. And so very similarly in this moment, I don't have energy. You know, because again, there's, there's, there's also, we're keeping it all the way real. There's also a very big part of me because this is, you know, so many public conversations. There are some conversations I don't want to have. Mm-hmm. In front of other people. Mm. There's some conversations that have to be at the private cookout. Like, I'm not fighting you, sis, online. Not in a particular way. Not unless you come for me. (laughs) Something else. But, like, I'm not trying to have this conversation in front of these people because they know too well how to use that against us. Right? If we need to go to the side and have this conversation, you know, then let's do that. But if it means I got to fight you, do you. good wisdom. That's good wisdom. Thank you for that. And let me say this before you move on. Know that this is how white supremacy works. Look how hard we fight each other. Do you fight white people mm-hmm. that hard? We go for broke on each <laughs> other. 
with the yeah. You fight white people that hard? I can't give that much energy to us in fighting and having beef. I can't. It's too much other people I could use that energy for. And we using it on us. Absolutely. Internalized white supremacy. We know how to hate us. They taught us how to hate us. Do we know how to love us? That's the work. Mm. Who taught you how to love us? Mm. Where you see us loving us? Mm. Let's do that work. And seeing Let's each do other. that work. Seeing each Let's other. commit to that work. Mm-hmm. And so when I talk about this, this plethora of blackness, this diversity of blackness, accepting and knowing blackness all over the world to look a variety of ways, right? That that's that's the fuel yeah. that girds me up because that lets me and when I get on the plane, I'm going where my I don't care where I go. I got people. <laughs> yeah. That's real. They might not re- they might not recognize me as such, but I recognize I see you. Mm-hmm. Which keeps you from feeling so isolated in this one particular context that we live in. There's more. I am. I will. You'll never hear me say I'm a minority. I won't use your language because it's not true. Mm-hmm. And you depend on us. It's all. It's all connected, right? You depend on us to not have the resources to get on planes and go see our people somewhere else. And even when we do have the resources, if you only stay at the resort, Mm -hmm. you're only going to see your people in serving positions. And so it just continues to recodify what you think you know about blackness. So even as you travel the world, you think only black people are oppressed everywhere, right? You continue to see the same narrative play out over and over again. What would it mean to get an Uber, to get a a cab and go see where your people are outside of that resort? What would it mean to recognize and embrace black life everywhere that exists? And I'm like, I'm committed to that. Like I am invested in being like the black Anthony Bourdain. Mm. <laughs> because like, if you, if you don't have the opportunity to see us in the world, let me show you yourself. Yes. Cause he, my was friend, he went to the, he went to the. He was gonna to go to the little cafe in the middle of the village. Like you wouldn't, Anthony you wouldn't see an Anthony on no resort. <laughs> where the real, no, where the, where no, the real no, people no. live at? What y'all doing? He's like, where can I get? Where can I get those <laughs> 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 Word, word. So that's that's my kind of. Okay, so we you talk to us this way, right? We have one drop here. There's so many beautiful Yaba interviews. How are you talking to your granddaughter? You I have do a have a seven-year-old granddaughter, right? granddaughter. I have another granddaughter who turned one yesterday. Um, happy birthday. I have a seven-year-old okay. daughter. Um, you know, seven-year-olds are, are magical, and 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 you know, she identifies as almost a teenager. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I I'll be the first to admit that I don't know how to have these conversations with children. Um, because you know, I I chose to teach college students because I can cuss, and I can be aggressive, <laughs> and I can you know mm-hmm. tell them to get it <laughs> together. Um. Mm-hmm. But in terms of my grandbaby, at the very least, she knows that she's black. She knows it's no option. She knows who her grandmother is, though, because like when I grew up, I couldn't have white baby dolls, right? My daughter couldn't have white baby dolls. And I had conversations with my daughter about why, right? Later, I learned that it didn't keep her from wanting them. But at least my commitment as her mother was that I'm not buying them and they will not enter my home. If I was in charge of my granddaughter, those, that rule would still apply, right? 
My daughter is a little looser. She doesn't have many, but some have crept up in the house. Okay. So the interesting conversations come with my granddaughter. Like she plays The Sims and other apps like that. And she has, yes. Oh God, the Roblox. But she knows who I am. So one time I had her iPad. She was showing me the game. She's like, Grandma, uh, uh, Yaya. She's like, Oh, that's what my daughter yeah, calls my she calls mom. Me Yaya. Yeah, yeah, that she's not white. She's light skinned. Okay. Like she she's gonna jump in front of me before I say anything. She's she's not white. She's light skinned. And she tried it with another doll that she got. And she's like, she's not white. I'm like, little girl, it's enough. The, the, this one is white. And you stop, stop trying it, to play okay? But you know, she knows who I am and she knows my commitments in that way. And I remind her that I'm not trying to be quote unquote mean to anybody. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure you understand that you are perfect as you are, that you should play with toys mm-hmm. that remind you that you exist in the world, you know? So I try, but I, I mean, I don't have the answers, but I do think that it's important for us to model, you know, at least give them a, a running start in terms of like armor that they need before they head out into this world that's going to try to chop, chop, chop them down. And it's so easy with kids. It's so easy. Absolutely. I, um, my husband and I are the same way with our daughter. She's, there's no white dolls. You don't bring white dolls in the house. I actually got really, uh, offended because one day she thought I was white. Uh, (laughs) But that's a that's a, that that introduced other conversations about the range uh, of us Correct. as a people, um, and it, and I also try to explain to her because I understand as hard as that as we go, that might be a little confusing to a seven year old sometimes, right? And it's like it's not the fact that we don't like right. white people, it's the fact that we are trying to instill how beautiful you are. We want you to understand how beautiful you are, your people are, right. where you come from, your people on a range and on a right. range. everywhere we want you to understand that and embrace that and so she does the same thing she'll jump on mommy don't worry this show has two (laughs) black girls on it right like you're not about to ruin this lady like let it go but i think you know i think incrementally as she gets older it might look like you know rather than me telling her what she can't do just watching with her and pointing out you know you notice anything you know what's different here um Critical thinking, you know, as opposed to just like Mm -hmm. telling her what's right, what's wrong in that way, but allowing her to see it for herself. I love that. I just wanted to know. I was like, let me, how do you talk to her on on a baby basis? I just wanted to understand that. But we. No, she knows. She knows. She knows what I'm about. (laughs) She knows Yaya is all black girl magic. You know, I'm the Yaya who hypes her up with the TikTok dances. Okay. Oh, yeah, oh, same. Let me tell you, we okay. Corvette, Corvette. Okay. Let me, show me something new. Let me see. Okay. Because my baby. Let me figure my, out how to twerk my, 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 my baby, ass. My shit. baby didn't have rhythm for a while. Okay. <laughs> we were not going out. We weren't going out like that. <laughs> we're going to be deliberate. Like Shanti. This is what I'm saying. Said, Let me tell you. This is what black girls <laughs> do. And do. therefore, you will do it. Let's go. Five, six, seven, eight. Okay. That. <laughs> I love that. Not mine. No, that's a natural little. She good, dances. That's what good. she does. But I, I love that. I love that relationship, and I love that you all have that relationship. I know we've been talking. Kia, do you have anything? I don't want to hold y'all um, for too much longer because I know you know. I wanted we all to got some time. 
this is kind of just for a personal question, if you don't mind. So um, I shared before with you oh, okay. uh, that wow. a lot of what you have said around um, the exhaustion of the academy and of that space being least affirming for you um, really resonated with me. Um, as you know, the PhD, you know, the conventional pathway of a PhD is to just kind of be a professor. And that's never really been something that has um I've connected with I felt like I've always wanted my work to have impact beyond the academy and to have like real practical implications and so but but in sure. you know I'm I, I it'll be I'm just four years four and a half years out of my program and um I think I sometimes struggle with you know kind of we've been kind of steeped in those sort of conventional markers of productivity, right? And feeling like I'm, especially when you're kind of surrounded by sure. other folks who are on that kind of faculty pathway. And I find myself, I don't feel like my work kind of fits neatly into any of those boxes. And I still struggle with, you know, um, accepting that about myself and just coming to, to, um, be comfortable with kind of charting my own pathway and knowing that I'm going to be okay. So I was just wondering if, if in your career of kind of navigating, I know you, you've talked about some of your teaching positions and administrative stuff and kind of leading up to the kind of work that you're doing now. There, is there anything that, is there anything that advice or anything that you would share with someone who's trying to find her way? <laughs> um, and not really feeling like I, you know, the the pathway, well, the pathway that's set before me doesn't really resonate with me. So I feel like I need to chart my own path. And I just was wondering, as someone right. who who is a possibility model for me, if there's anything that, um, any advice, anything you wish you knew, anything, anything that you would share? Hmm. Um, I mean, to be quite honest, I didn't plan for mm -hmm. this, you know, like I got here because shit wasn't working out. You know, um, and again, at that point where I recognized that my work didn't fit neatly, that it was a, it was a crossroads of what is it? Do you change mm -hmm. your work or do you change the outlet? Right. And so it became a point where I recognized that what I was doing in the academy was a means to an end it was how I was paying my bills. Um, but I think the... The first kind of step was rec being okay with recognizing for it for what it was. Like there's always, yeah. particularly if you're still in it, like how do you free yourself of it if you're still in it, you know? Um, and particularly being surrounded with so many dope um, black women, also PhDs, also professors, also researchers, all in different spaces doing different things. Um, and, you know, hearing people's stories and, and it working out for mm -hmm. them. But I, it's like you have to recognize who you are, like that self-discovery piece. And it's like, OK, yes, I'm smart. OK, yes, I was able to write in the way that y'all do to get the degree. I got it. Yes, I've done some journal articles like I, I could do the dance, but mm -hmm. I won't survive if I have to keep doing it in this way. Right. And so for a lot mm -hmm. of sisters, it's no judgment because it works for them. You know, like I, I won't sit here and, and talk 
for all black women PhDs or all black working, mm-hmm. women academics because mm-hmm. there's some women who have found the right groove, they found the right space. This is who they are, so they should continue. Yeah. I had to be okay with the fact that this is not who I am. And there's such a head, like when I look at my student loan debt, (laughs) when I look at the fact that I have a terminal degree, like even the language, I have a terminal degree. There's absolutely moments where it's like, fuck, you know what I mean? Like, what have I done? Am I stuck? Is this forever? And, you know, big ups to my Gemini rising. I always reserve (laughs) the right to change my mind. Oh, that's right. Y'all are high. Learning. I reserve the right to change my mind. That's it. (laughs) And that is, and that is okay. And that I'll be okay. And ultimately it's like, is your work good? Like take everything. Is your work good? You have to always give Mm -hmm. it 155% because you are a black woman. Right? Is your work good? If your work is good, it'll find its home. It'll stand on its own. Like we hustle for better or for worse, you know? Um, It's going to find its outlet or the outlet might find you, but it's, I don't ever want this to sound easy, fun. I'm still not clear. I still live with imposter syndrome. Like I had a moment when I first, you know, was making the transition and to be quite honest, my contract was not renewed at my last position. And so even now when I look at um, academic positions, I can't apply. <laughs> I don't even like how, I don't mm-hmm. even like the language of this. I don't want to work with y'all, right? Again, no shade, no shade mm-hmm. to y'all that are doing it. It doesn't work for y'all, but I have to be okay mm-hmm. with that, you know, and give myself permission to see yeah. myself and like, sis, this would be such yeah. a setup. You know good and well you would not be happy. Now, I love teaching. But if in order to teach, it means I have to do all these other things too, I don't want to. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. And that has to be okay, right? But at the same time, sis, if you're clear that you don't want to do X, what is it that you want to do? And give that 100%. But what I'm saying was when I first, you know, my, my contract wasn't renewed. I hyped myself up. I was going to hustle. I had all these other things that I do. People always invite me to speak. I'm going to I'm going to be focused and I'm going to make a thing out of it, right? Got my first inquiry, simple inquiry, just asked when we could set up a time to talk. It took me 2 hours to respond to that email. I had to call on one of my girlfriends mm. because of the signature mm-hmm. in that email. The signature still said professor, producer, professional black girl. And I had a whole life crisis because if I'm not attached to an academic institution, can I still call myself a professor? Do I still want to call myself a professor? I have this mapped out professor, producer, professional black girl. I got my P's. It's flowing. Mm -hmm. It's a little song. Now I got to take professor out. What can I, you know, I had a whole meltdown about my identity based upon the language that was given to me. Now I see so many Sisters, I love us so much because they're all giving me examples of how mm-hmm. all of the shit is made up and I can make it up for my damn self. So I think of my yeah. sister, Sonia Renee Taylor, who is the chief radical executive yeah. of her. She made it up because that's who she said she is. <laughs> right? So I'm going to make some shit up too. I am the chief creative officer. That's right. That's right. I am a scholar activist. Right, I'm gonna call myself. my. I'm I gonna call to my own, own name. Mm-hmm. 
and not wait yeah. for absolutely. absolutely you have to you have yeah. to name yourself actually because people yeah. will meet you there not the other way around not them giving you some boxes that you can neatly fit into i'm right. finna tell you who i am catch up keep up right and so it's still a process like again i don't want to sit here like i got it all figured <laughs> out because trust me i still be like i don't know but the thing that this quarantine, thing, I don't know, has has. That's what this whole. Yeah, I don't about. know. <laughs> the blessing, the blessing of twenty twenty, yes, was that give thanks for those of us who made it through. Like we have been given the possibility, we 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 have seen with our own eyes and walked with our own feet that we will be okay. <laughs> the world literally shut down, and here we we're still here one year later. <laughs> talking okay. Tisha you still, like okay. and so in that way it also allowed me to free yeah. up some of my overachieving yeah. tendencies of wanting to have a plan far far out yeah. I didn't know how 2020 was going to end and it was one of my best years I don't know how 2021 is going to end it's already one of my best years why am I thinking about 2022 can I be present in 2021 we have to be present thank you Thank you. Give Thank you. now our I appreciate all. that. Right now. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> I tell you like I tell myself. I might creep into your DMs in six months for another pep talk, but just do. don't <laughs> don't uh don't kick me it's out. All good. But we're gonna be okay. It's but yes. All good. It has been a complete gift and a joy it's to spend good. time with you and to welcome you to the to the kitchen table. You are welcome back anytime. I want all of our listeners. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please. Please. Wait, I got one more question. What you got? What you got? I got my last question. I'm kicking it with y'all more on a Friday. (laughs) And what are the snacks? You know what I'm saying? What are we drinking? And what are we eating? (laughs) Okay. Um, You know, it depends on how we feel. We're definitely drinking. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, my go-to is What is your tequila of choice? Um, What is your tequila of choice? (laughs) I'm pretty... Well, okay. We're I'm pretty right black. I'm, I, yes. I, I'm pretty black Mexican. Um, I'm into eighteen hundred, but I'm mm. actually, you know, as long as it's not bottom bottom shelf, I'm I'm cool with I'm cool with Corvo. Also, I really <laughs> like mezcal. Mezcal makes me feel very grown, very grown. You know, I, I really like it. But you know, I, I do all Mexican, <laughs> most Mexican food. Not too much on the cheese, because you know. Lactose intolerant, but because uh, we're lactose. right, but you know, tacos <laughs> can't go wrong with tacos. Enchilada, I'm go for it. You know, chips, salsa, guac, all that. Um, I also like I I, I just like mm. I like food of the world. So depending <laughs> on where we are, you know, Brooklyn, I eat everything. <laughs> I'm not eating American food. I'm eating everything else. I'm eating Ethiopian. I'm eating Dominican. I'm eating Trini. I'm eating Jamaican too much. I'm eating oh my picklies. Come on. I'm eating everything. So yeah. Give me some picklies and bacon. Yeah, yeah. Girl yeah, yeah. is good. I can really Yeah, it don't even have to be fancy. We just we drinking and eating and having I'm making you a drink then. You know, yes, oh, you name nice. yourself. Very nice. Yes. So that, oh, that's what very I nice. tell yes, curator. You're welcome. So, you're welcome. <laughs> that's what y'all will call me. Um, so Absolutely. I will be making but you again, some drinks when we get safe. For sure. Pleasure. Thank you. A gift. Thank you. Thanks. 
Thank you for sharing space with us. You're welcome back at the kitchen table anytime. I want all of our listeners again grown to run out and get one drop. You You will not be sorry. Yeah, it's sold out. (laughs) If you don't have yours, good luck. You'll be a little late. Just keep checking back. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We're going to have those those shelves stocked by the end of the month for sure. I was Good, reading it on my Kindle, well, but I'm going to no get the hard copy for the shelves. <laughs> it's coming. But so yes, thank you copy. so, so much. <laughs> Please do. Please do. But you all get your, your pre-orders and all right. of that. Yeah, we, we're grateful. Thank we're so you. Grateful. Thank you. We're going to see you thank soon. You. This is not even sure, the last time. Where can they find you? Anything like that? You want to close out with anything? You want to let them know Um, anything? Yabablay.com at Yabablay on social. Um, Buy my book. Um, Buy it twice. Give give it to somebody. Professional Black Girl is a thing. Professional Black Girl is also going to be um, on PBS. I got five episodes. That are going to be oh, a part exciting. of the Afro Pop series on April 19th. Oh. So I don't even care if you watch it. Set your DVR. You turn your TV Set on your or DVR. turn whatever streaming you got for the views. Hell for the yeah. views. I just need your views. You ain't even got to like it. Just Say turn less. it on. We in right? there. We uh, in there. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Say less. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I'm hype about that. So, yeah. For sure. I'm around. All right, bet we're gonna remind y'all about that. Uh, make sure you check out Yaba Blay on all platforms, and we are super, super grateful. And we will catch you all in the next segment. segment. I know that we're knee deep in this week's episode of Getting Grown, and we're gonna get back to the business in just a minute. But before we do, I wanted to recommend a podcast that I'm sure you're gonna love. Built to Last is a podcast by American Express that highlights the stories, history, and continued legacy of Black-owned small businesses that shape American culture. The debut season focuses on Black-owned small businesses that need our support now more than ever. In each episode, host Elaine Welteroth explores the story of a Black business trailblazer of the past that has inspired a modern Black-owned business. The podcast features small business owners like Pinky Cole of Atlanta's food truck turned restaurant slutty vegan, Anifa Mwimba, a cutting-edge designer, and so many other amazing small business owners. Plus, there's a special check-in with modern-day Renaissance woman, our girl, Issa Rae. As Built to Last uncovers and celebrates past and present stories of Black entrepreneurship in America, we hope to encourage all of our listeners to support these businesses and also the Black-owned businesses in your community. Check out the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Oh, my God. So think about when you were a kid and think about now. Stuff has changed drastically. It seems like we get instant classics every single year. And you know what else is an instant classic? Best Fiends. Y'all already knew what I was getting ready to go to. The top-rated mobile puzzle adventure. Best Fiends has a world full of lovable characters, thousands of levels, and more content that gets added all the time okay boredom be damned i've been playing for a while and i'm already checking my phone for the latest update y'all already know i'll be on the best fiends at the end of my very busy day when i just need a few moments to wind down i get right to the best fiends because i'm slightly obsessed with best fiends there's something new today and tomorrow and every day after that there are literally thousands of levels to play and counting plus tons of cute characters to collect 
If you never get tired of solving puzzles, then good news. With Best Fiends, the fun never ends. Just don't blame me if you also become a little bit slightly obsessed. So, I already told y'all. I, I literally already told you all. I, I sneak into the bed. I put my little light on. And I get under the covers. And I play my Best Fiends while my partner sleeps so that I don't disturb but I always like to use it to wind down. It's a good way to get my brain going because it is a puzzle game. You know, we got to defend the slugs. Y'all already know Y'all already know all the spill. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Honestly? Truly. All right. We got a honesty box that we should have had yabba stay for honestly but we're gonna do the best that we can here um and she actually gave us a pseudonym herself it's ashley so we shall begin hey cousins i almost i, I like when kia kia give me another pseudonym ashley's just you know no <laughs> no offense to anybody named ashley but you know tell me give me another one uh uh let's call her Dijonet. Dijanae, I like that better. Okay. Dijanae says, hey, cousins. Hey. First, thank you all for your lovely show. I've been tuning in since day one and like fine wine. It just keeps getting better. Bless your heart. Thank you, Dijanae. Second, I have a question, I guess for Dr. Kia as it relates to academia, but also I'd like your input too, Jade, because whiteness is everywhere. everywhere. Facts. Every single where. As you heard in, in the kitchen table talk where Yabba so so told us very pointedly that white supremacy is in many things, including how we treat one another. But anyway, I don't, y'all don't need a reiteration from me. My partner is a professor. She is a black woman who takes her job very seriously, especially when it comes to having safe spaces for her students of color. However, her white students often feel attacked by every little thing she says. Don't they and then always? they go report it to those above her. Mm. Mm. She isn't doing anything wrong. However, she is not accepting these students' bullshit. The type of program her students are in requires her to provide certain levels of feedback for each of them. The way the white students lash out is wild, but she also knows her black students wouldn't be afforded the same uh, coddling from the higher-ups that her white students consistently receive. When she has meetings with her mostly white department, she is always made to feel like she's too hard on the students. Uh, she's also dealing with constant microaggressions from the students and faculty. When she brings up these concerns, the response from her department is generally along the lines of, well, what do we do? I roll. I try to support her in the best way I can as her partner. She is also in therapy herself just to keep things in check, but it's still hard. I see it on her face. I hear it in her voice. She's so passionate about the career path she's chosen, but I can see that sometimes these white folks are getting to her. I don't want them to dim her light. Do you all have any advice on navigating through academia specifically and in life in general when whiteness is always trying to tap dance on your nerves? Thank you so much. Ashley turned Dijonet. Well, girl, I... I don't know. I don't think... I don't know that... Uh, I mean, that's a loaded question because, I mean, as you have stated... Um, the you know whiteness and its oppressive nature surrounds us and there's and there's um oftentimes we can feel powerless against it i think sometimes um 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about your partner's unique situation in order to kind of give her any sort of um, specific advice as to what she could do, um, you know, in terms of dealing with these students um, in their evaluations or the way, you know, the way that they are treating or engaging her. I think what comes to mind for me is, you know, similar to as Yaba as Yaba so, I mean, pointedly told me, um, you know, to sort of be uh, intentional around creating spaces of like restorative joy and peace and safety for yourself. Um, unfortunately, we are not always able or, or you know, a- able to successfully affect change for the better within our situations. Um, and so, um, you know, for any number of reasons. And so until we can find ways to kind of address those issues, we have to do, sort of, you know, do the best that we can to survive with, uh, you know, by m- maintaining and focusing and prioritizing on our own wellness and productivity. Um, so I think if you want to be a supportive partner you know, just continue to support your partner in having and, um, maintaining boundaries, um, that keep her safe from, you know, and, and recharge her and restore her, um, after she kind of deals with some of these unfortunate things um, that she has to deal with and at her institution and with the students. I wish that there was other things that I could say, but I don't have a lot of, you know, I don't want to, you know. I think she wanted to like a little, maybe a little advice around, um, around uh, navigating whiteness and academia in general, maybe. Is there a way that you've been... Okay, yep, there we go. All right. That's it. Well, that was, <laughs> that's what I told let me see. Let me tell you something. That's, that is a loaded question. Key is right. It's hard to navigate whiteness in this world, right? The best way that I do it is to call it out. Yeah, I mean... When it's I happening think, in front of me, I call it out. There are, there are ways in which you have to sort of like... Um, you have to be clear about what you're going to what what choices you're going to make, what compromises you're not willing to make, what um, values you're going to have. I mean, I think it's it, the, the importance is really getting really clear about who you are and what you want, mm-hmm. what you're, uh, you know, knowing yourself, and then you can sort of protect your goals. Um, you have to kind of work around things until we can until we are empowered and equipped enough to kind of change them, until we are have, have the power, the capacity to really affect the change that's necessary to make these spaces safer for us. We have to do things to keep ourselves safe. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know that that doesn't, I don't, I feel, I feel bad because I don't know how useful that is. Cause it's not like, you know, step one, step two, step three. But the thing is, I don't know what constitutes your peace i don't know what what um are the things that motivate you or your partner i should say and so it's hard for me to speak to you know i think navigating whiteness is it's all about getting clear about uh you know how to protect yourself from it how to keep yourself from it 
Um, and when I say from it, I mean, you know, safe, even if you're in the midst of it. Um, how do you how do you keep it from, you know, wearing you down, deteriorating the essence of who you are? And it, sometimes that means re, you know, recalibrating yourself, recalibrating your goals and objectives, being really clear and focusing on yourself and knowing what your needs are. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think that those are the things that come to mind. Unfortunately, there are no tried and true ways. You know, you can say things like, you know, find some community, if, but that's not always, a, that's not always possible for a lot of people. Um, have some business outside of the academy. I think it's really important. I think a lot of us mm -hmm. think about, or, or like, you know, if we're not careful, this can be all consuming. So, you know, having some boundaries around what's work and what's not. Um, and making sure that you have a life outside of your work, remembering that your work does not define you. Um, mm. those kinds of things, like those, this kind of self-work and self-preservation is really the best way to, to do it until we can sort of make the changes that are necessary to fix, fix these, these, uh, issues. Uh -huh. So yeah. I'm sorry. I, I felt like, I hope, one I hope that was, uh, helpful. I, I, th I think so. I, you know, I think that's important what you said about finding your own peace. Cause I think everybody's got to figure out how to navigate things in their own way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. everybody may not want to be calling out all, all the shit they see. I can't say that that's healthy, but I could say that that <laughs> might be your way. Some people <laughs> you just want to keep their head down and some, do their work. Some, some people, people want to raise hell. Their own peace. <laughs> yeah. Some of us want to call out whiteness for what it is every chance that we get but you got to figure out which end of the spectrum you fall that you know you fall on when it comes to that um absolutely i've seen this displayed it's so funny that i when i was reading this email i said i've seen this displayed on a on a smaller scale my husband is obviously uh one of two black male teachers in his school um we already know black men make up what 1% of educators in in this in America I think anyway so this is supposed to be like a social justice school right but we all know what white liberals what that means a lot of times I don't really need to get into all of that and so one of this one particular student's parents uh decided that they wanted his credentials hmm and they tried to mask it and, oh, well, we'd like to have a sit down and have a conversation, you know, and just kind of, you know, figure out like where he comes from and what his credentials, like what his experience is. He was like, I'm not interviewing with these people. What the fuck is this? I'm not sitting down with you. And it, it, it was it was very much a microaggression. Right. Because you're not asking these white students, I mean, these white teachers sit down. You're not asking them for their credentials. You're not asking them for their job history. You're not asking them what the fuck they're doing. But you're doing it to this black to this one black teacher. Hmm. And they did it to another black teacher in that school as well. And so he kept his boundary. He talked to his director and he said, no. He goes, you decide if you want to have that conversation with them, but I can tell you I'm not going to. That's insulting. And I hope that you can speak up for me in that way as as the director of this school. And that's how he handled that particular uh And that's on Mary had a little lamb. Okay. That's on Humpty Dumpty, honey. <laughs> so 
I, you know, Dijanae, I don't think there's one way to answer that question. But I think Yaba also brought out a very good point during the kitchen table talk about if you don't like the spaces that you're in, creating your own. And that may not be necessarily an easy thing to do. I am not in academia, and I can imagine how much I have had to create my own space, and I'm not in academia. So I can only imagine how much harder that is because you're battling such a large system that was not built for us, right? Um, Correct. But I can say that, um, what was I saying? Oh, <laughs> <Lord>. <laughs> hey, girl, oh, yeah. we hope that Yabba, that was helpful. Was saying, you creating your own space. And I know mm-hmm. this is about your colleague, but all of us creating our own spaces. If we don't like the spaces that are out there, if we don't like the spaces that were created, then we create our own. And I think that there's something to that. But anyway, we're all over the place, and um, we're going to wrap this thing one up. We'll head over to this black woman's self-care. <laughs> Continue to send your honesty box questions to gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. For sure. I deserve All right. My black woman's self-care is very brief uh, this week because last week I told you I took a whole day and binge the snowfall and just had myself a grand time did not get to do that this weekend it was non-stop work however on saturday um i think i started meetings at 10 a.m and so i was still on the computer at probably 9 p.m and there were a few more things that could have been done but everything that needed in that immediate time frame got done and so i intentionally closed this laptop and put the phone down and said, I'm going to take the rest of the evening to myself. Even if I didn't get the whole day, let me let me take this little bit of time. And so, it, you know, it was important that I did that. I needed that. I'm glad that I made myself do that. That needs to be more of a practice and a habit. But that is my Black Woman Self-Care this week. Congratulations. Thank you, my sister. What is yours? I need your prayers because I, this week, am participating in a raw food juice and raw food juice and mm. juice and raw food cleanse. Prayers up and out. <laughs> I am actually going so through. What you I think that nothing. <laughs> um, okay. I have these mm-hmm. juices that I drink during the day and at night, or at some point, I have one meal where I can have. A salad or you know some vegetables or you know more food more uh nothing nothing dairy meat processed sugars just right. natural kind of foods beans can you have beans i can't have beans i had i added some garbanzos to my salad tonight <laughs> and i'll probably i bought some black beans as well and i think at one point i think i could have like i have to check i think i could have like brown rice or something maybe i'll have like black beans and brown rice or something um, you can't have no eggs though i don't think so i don't oh, think wow. so okay all right i might i might i don't know oh, because you, you can know. have just egg <laughs> Oh, probably, huh? Yes, you can. I have some of that, don't I? Yeah, I do. Yes, you do. Well, we'll, we'll see how that goes. You I don't know. Try that out. I think yeah, I might. I might. You might have to tell me how to prepare it because I don't know. I, not a problem. Just make you. a little scramble. Do you just pour it in the just pan? Make a scramble. You know, cut you up some peppers, some onions. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Put all that together. You can't use no vegan cheese because you're not doing anything processed. 
Right. And season it up. Throw some tomato in there. Maybe a little avocado if that's your zhuzh. Hmm. There you go. Maybe I'll have some just egg. Have you some just egg, sis? Perhaps. Who knows? But yes, I'm drinking this green juice, visiting the restroom very frequently. And at the end of this five days, I better feel good. Because right now I do not. (laughs) But you know, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to do the right things. I've also pledged to get on my Peloton every day this week. Even if it's just for 15 minutes, you know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm going to do something. And so we thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. But yeah, we'll it. get it done. I'm, well, I love to hear it. Well, that's our black woman. I'm eating like Franiqua. I'm eating like Franiqua all week long. Franiqua will be on it. She'll be yes. like, girl, I'll be over here eating chips. What you mean? <laughs> 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 no, she'll be on her. She's on her. She's on her veggies and things. She's on her veggies. But Franiqua love. she love for some chips to chive. And Don't candy. Feel bad about it. And candy. And candy. You show yes. up with some watermelon sour patch kids and watch her squeal. But anyway, <laughs> we have a petty beef to get to, so let's Ole do it. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey. Oh my God. It's time to put our petty on parade. And I don't think my petty peeve is actually that petty this week, but it's on my spirit. So, um, you know, mad people are getting vaccinated. Good. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are trying to be aware. I see a lot of people saying they're still going to be diligent with their masks. Good. Very important. Okay. Texas is out here wild. The fuck. But the CDC apparently put out some kind of notice, maybe I'm wrong, but I read this, that once you are fully vaccinated, two weeks after the second vaccine, it will then be safe to gather and not wear masks. With only with other people who are also vaccinated. Right. And what that told me in this world that we live in is that it's going to be mad niggas out here lying about being vaccinated oh, and so you know what i'm, I'm saying gonna be asking for records let me see your vaccination record right now have it save it in your phone why would you tell people who already didn't want to wear no goddamn mask as it was that they don't have to wear no mask all you have to do is say you're vaccinated hey you gucci the lies lies and flies i do despise no and which is and let me tell you something i haven't had a cold in over a year so Guess who will be masked up everywhere she goes? I think it's important. It's important. It's important. I think I understand that people want their lives back and you know all of that. But let's I'm not just, pressed let's for big to, crowds and to be outside I'm not at all the all, people. Actually. I'm not pressed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would like to see my friends and you know yeah. be amongst you know that kind of stuff, family. But I'm not running back. I don't have to be back. And six flags what the fuck i don't i'm not pressed i'm i don't no. i don't know i'm not pressed maybe it's just me but i've gotten accustomed to i'm i'm really comfortable here so like I, there's certain things about outside that i don't necessarily miss i'll put mm-hmm. it like that yeah but no, i understand facts. that there are a lot of people that are not like me i um yeah no that. there's that's a range of people and there's a lot of people who are you know they 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 need that and that's not shade 
but don't be an asshole. <laughs> don't be an asshole. And CDC, you knew better. We live in a world full of assholes. You knew better than to put out some shit oh, to Lord. tell niggas all they had to do. You got a whole, you got one state that didn't give it. You got Florida, they didn't give a fuck. You got Georgia, they didn't give a fuck. And now you got Texas out here like, we definitely don't give a fuck about anybody here. Just go My as mask-free as you'd love to. And so, it's I just don't enable people. Like, what? So that's my petty peeve this week. That's what I'm irritated about. What you got? Oh man. Um my petty peeve is very 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 uh petty and and not as I guess important as yours. Well, maybe it is to some people. I would just like to say that my well, I'm the the older I get, the more violent my PMS becomes. <laughs> and um I think I've just reached that stage, you know, and I'm not a person. I mean, those of you who know me or have seen me or whatever, you know that I am not of the ample bosom crowd. I don't have big boobs. Right. So I've never been one of those people who have been uh, oppressed by bras or anything like that. Like, you know, I'm, I wasn't one of those people who was like, oh, my God, I hate bras, blah, blah, blah. But now as I am standing squarely on the precipice of 39 years old. I have a newfound disdain for all manner of brazier. I mean, I am just <laughs> over it entirely. I don't know if I, something has changed in my life recently, but like I, I mean, more specifically, I, I think th I don't think that we've done enough to deal with the violence that is the underwire bra. I just think that it is just all kinds of wrong, and yeah. so. Um, my petty peeve is for tender, sensitive breast and the bras that oppress us. Yeah. Especially during our PMS. And I'm yeah. sorry to all the GGBs out there. I'm sure that you are are not uh, Man, maybe uncomfortable by that. But I yeah, don't that's care the, if the truth of my reality. The truth it of is their hard. reality. Some of them need a <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> oh my God. Don't do that. I just wish that it was easier. It's very challenging to be a woman. I don't know if you guys really know that, but man, these it's just hard out here. It, it is for those of us with ovaries. It is. Um Yeah. I mean. And I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. that's that's a limited uh definition of womanhood. Oh, let me please see. forgive me. Um, for those of us who identify as women. Yes. Yes. It's hard. It's hard. It is all, in many ways. All womanhood comes with challenges. All womanhood, womanhood comes, with, comes with challenges. Womanhood comes with challenges. So this is what I wanted to say. So please forgive me. I didn't mean to be offensive just then. But yes. No, all women are welcome here at this kitchen table. Absolutely. Um, yes. Okay. Black trans women. Trans women. We are all women. Everybody. Everybody. We are all. Okay. Anybody who identifies it's, as a woman. And if you can't respect that, then this is just not the place for you. Yeah. Uh, but sis, <laughs> would you like to carry him out? Tell them. What we thank you for your patience. I know that I can only see out of one eye right now. So if I sound <laughs> like I'm distracted, it is because I'm. this headache is really dragging me. I know. Okay. But. We are going to push forward. We thank you for listening. Thanks ever so much, as always, to our awesome, amazing, brilliant guest, Dr. Yava Blay. Yes. 
Um, and thank you to you all for sending in your honesty boxes and engaging with us week after week. We are excited uh, and, and about all the things that are coming up in the house of getting grown. The kitchen table is coming to 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 uh, an internet server near you. You just wait on us, okay? Just wait on it. We're it's out here. Be, we got good stuff coming for you. Uh, drink your water. Yes, and, and, and in my case, green juice as well. Yes, drink your green juice. What's that, parsley? What's that, kale? It is pineapple, <laughs> celery, mm. cucumber, green kale, spinach, and dandelion. That sounds delicious, actually. It's not. It doesn't taste bad. It that does not. It's refreshing. Like good and cold. Well, drink yes, that. It's been, drink Whatever this. key is drinking, drink it. Juice from the raw, cold pressed juice. I'm doing their, their liquid and lunch cleanse or something. I don't know, child. Mm. It's given some sort of name. But yes, mind your business. The <laughs> business that pays you, the business that you are responsible for taxes for, mm. that's the business you ought to be in and that's nobody it. else's. That's and it. continue to moisturize your ashy elbows, fingers, and toes. Knuckles. Okay. Double knuckles. Also, your faces always moisturize in an upward position to avoid wrinkles because your black will crack if it's dry. Goodbye. Bye bye. <laughs>